There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. An Elio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings. It, you're, I see you checking the levels. That's I'm just screaming. My, I'm checking my levels. Fascinating. I don't believe I'm you. Not doing, I'm not turning you down. I'm turning my own headphone thing down. The man is constantly turning me down. <laughs> Reveal some conspiracy theories and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows, we might even solve the case. I'm Ali Siegel. I'm Melissa Stutton. Web Crawlers has a Patreon to get access to your rewards. Bus- business episodes. Business episodes. Am I okay? <laughs> Bonus episodes, <laughs> shout-outs, merchandise discounts, and in-studio videos of full episodes released a day early, yeah. like we're doing right now. Hi. Hi. You can see that I have pink hair today. Wow. I got bored last night. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Melissa, where should people go to, uh, for merch? You can go to webcrawlerspod.com or hothorse.horse. If you're nasty. And then we also have an Erios hotline. Yeah, we do. Which is at 626-604-6262. Nice. It's really catching on, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really popping off. We've been getting a lot of really fun messages. So keep them coming, and we will be playing them at Friday mini-episodes. If you listen to the last Friday mini-episode... <laughs> Someone go- just knocked on the door. just knocked on the door. Was that a literal knock, or was that just a thud? Come in. Come in? No, don't say. tell them to come in. Don't, don't come in, ghost. Don't, don't come in? Hear a thud at the door and you come in. That's for vampires. You can get to let them in. Yeah, oh, that's sure true. Do. Don't come know. in, vampire. Yeah, you should say, come in unless you're a vampire. No, you're still inviting them in. You, you Vampires can't come in unless you invite them in. I said, come in unless, unless you're, you're a vampire. vampire. But they're going to come in. <laughs> Are there I any vampires, vampires out there? Vampires us, are like I'm look, cops. I'm like, looking at two vampires in front of me. Oh, Damn. I've been in the sun in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Who are our patrons? We have Mike K, Jody K. wonder if they're related. Probably not. Or and, married. Or married. Andrew C, Kate H, which I'm assuming is Kate Hudson. Oh, my God. Monica oh, cool. F, Christopher B, Uriaz C, mm. Diane R, and Dawn O. 
Thank you guys so much. What's our topic for today, Melissa? Our main story is about the Winchester Mystery House. I love this so much and I've always wanted to go so bad. And at one point we will go and record it or take pictures or do something. We'll go, yeah. Okay, Melissa, let's get into it. When Sarah Winchester's husband and infant died, she was convinced that she was cursed And the only way to alleviate it was to continuously build a house. Mm. So she did, and it turned into an intricate maze with hundreds of rooms, thousands of windows, and stairs that led to nowhere. What compelled her to keep building until her death? Let's Let's get get into it. it. You know why, why millennials would never have this problem? Because they they can't can't afford afford to buy a house. Because we spent all our money on avocado toast. (sighs) <sighs> okay. I made avocado toast this morning. It's delicious. I learned how to poach an egg and I've been I've been running mm-hmm. wild. It's a it's a huge difference. Poaching an egg and hard boiling hard boiling an egg. How do you poach an egg? It's easy, Melissa. It's so easy. So all you gotta do is you gotta take your egg, get a little strainer, like a little like mesh strainer, uh-huh. crack it in there, and so by doing that and then letting some of that white yolk come out, you'll get rid of, rid of those white um, flurry things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then you take the egg that's left over in the mesh thing, you get water to a boil, then right before you put the egg in, you swirl it around with a spoon to make a little oh. cyclone. You drop some vinegar in there, swirl it around with a cyclone. I've heard this. Then you put the egg in, three minutes, take it out with a slotted spoon, perfect poached egg. I'm going to try this tomorrow. Well, don't well, the Allie's looking at me like I'm crazy. I that there are some parts of that technique that lost me a little bit. Like what? That was the easiest. What's, was, you put in a strainer, it like sounds a mesh. Like you're separating the yolk from. No, only some of the white yolk comes out, and there's three parts of the egg. And where do you? Where does that go? That goes in the trash. That goes to hell. Oh. For all I care. <laughs> oh. But there's wow. like the most runny part of the 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 white yeah. the egg white, and that, that goes away. That goes away. Then there's oh. like the white, and then there's the yolk. So if you leave, you could do the whole egg in there, but then you're gonna have those wispies. It's not gonna yeah, look yeah. like just a you know a nice ball. Oh, okay, okay. Anyway, and okay. we know you love balls, Allie. Come on, <laughs> it's 95 degrees out. Okay. Sarah Winchester. She was the fifth of seven children born to upper-class parents in New Haven, Connecticut. There aren't any records to establish her date of birth, but it's assumed she was born between 1835 and 1845. She was considered a child prodigy. By the age of 12, she was fluent in French, Latin, Spanish, and Italian. She also played three instruments, including the skin flute. <laughs> no! <laughs> what? Allie, come on. I'm sorry. Oh, oh boy. She got the nickname the Belle of New Haven. She attended the Young Ladies Collegiate Institute of Yale. She was a part of the high society and was a hot commodity for all the fellas looking for a wife at the time. Yeah. In 1862, she married William Wirt Winchester, who was the extremely wealthy son of Oliver Winchester, the owner of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, which was one of the first companies to mass produce firearms with the ability to fire multiple rounds without reloading, which was a huge deal at the time. And those are the guns that are often seen in old Western movies. Four years later, in 1866, they had a daughter named Annie, but she died a month later of marasmus, which was a children's disease in which the body just wastes away. That's sad. It occurs in children that don't ingest enough protein, calories, and other important nutrients, and is usually due to poverty and to scarcity of food or the body's inability to uh, metabolize proteins. So for her, it was probably that. Yeah. Sarah never really recovered from the baby's death. She also was bothered by the source of their family's wealth, meaning guns. They were making money from gun sales and basically profiting from death. Also, a lot of death from of Native Americans. Correct. Which she felt bad about. Yeah. Then William's father died, leaving the company to him. But then a year later, William died from tuberculosis, leaving the company to her. 
So then Sarah becomes one rich bitch. Sarah inherited more than $20.5 million, which is equivalent to $543 million now. That's insane. She was one of the richest women in in the world at that time. That's crazy. And she also received 50% ownership of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, Mm. giving her an income of roughly $1,000 per day, which is equivalent of $26,000 a day. I mean, that's like Jeff Bezos money seems like it's i feel like jeff bezos is making more than that well probably but it, i mean i was she wasn't being literal i wasn't okay I wasn't. <laughs> you know just say yes and yeah move on, yeah you, we've that learned is. better than that and then to question yes <laughs> she lost so she lost so she lost her baby her husband and her father-in-law and inherited the equivalent of so she lost she lost her baby her husband her father-in-law and inherited about 543 million dollars all within like a decade That's which crazy. is so much stress if that was the result though i'd be like pretty cool yeah but i guess back then what do you do with 543 million dollars well we know what sarah did yeah so she tried to figure out what to do with all this money to her it was all blood money right she didn't like it yeah so she did what any of us would do after inheriting a half billion dollar company she went to a medium in Boston for some guidance. <laughs> I prob- oh, I wonder if it was, uh, well, I guess Boston isn't the same, but Salem, Massachusetts. Oh. Mm-hmm. Should- Mar- <laughs> it could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. It could be. Oh, you never know. No, good idea. <laughs> Way to go. Oh, no. <laughs> I, think we're- I feel like we're getting canceled after this episode. <laughs> so the medium told her, while supposedly channeling her late husband, that she was being chased by spirits who had died from the Winchester rifles. Uh And in order to stop the tormenting, she should leave her home in New Haven and travel west, where she must continuously build a home for herself and the lost souls of people who died from the rifles. God. The psychic said, if you continue building, you will live. And if you stop, you will die. (gasps) That's scary. Yeah. So then she moved to... That's kind of like the the theme of the movie Speed. I was going to say the movie Life is a House. Oh, my God. Wait, what happens in Life is a House? Well, he has cancer and he's going to build a house. Yeah. But do you know what? I once masturbated to Hayden Christensen in that movie. He was so hot. He was such a crush of mine back when they're in the shower together. Oh, my God. Yes. It was like golf Hayden Christensen. He was so hot. And yeah. And then he and then Jenna Malone's like, hey, have you ever put she's like, have you ever put suntan lotion on someone other than yourself is a completely different experience. Do you remember that? <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. He remember was that so movie? hot. He had like a lip piercing and like yeah. more eyeliner. Oh. Oh, and my he God. really softened up throughout really, the movie. Oh, well, so dreamy. I used to have a lip piercing too. Oh, wow. Melissa, wow. Those were the days. <laughs> so Sarah moves to San Jose, California. Yeah. She purchased an unfinished farmhouse in the Santa Clara Valley and began building her mansion. She didn't hire an architect, only carpenters. And she told them to just keep adding onto the farmhouse just willy-nilly, like just keep adding on to it. It's crazy. So the house was under constant construction for 38 years. Oh, my God. They worked 24 hours a day, day and night, until it became a seven-story mansion. Jesus Christ. She was afraid that if she stopped building that she would die. Yeah, well, she was told that. Yeah. Sarah began holding her own seances every night at midnight so that she could receive the next day's building instructions from the spirits. So essentially, ghosts were the architects for this project. Cool. Her seances allegedly involved the use of a Ouija board and a planchette, If you want any more information on that, we have a great episode on Ouija boards. We do. And 13 various colored robes she would ritualistically wear each night in her seance room. And we're going to get to the number 13 because that played a huge part in this house. Uh, So what did the house look like? Sarah wanted to confuse any ghosts hoping to contact her. 
Because she was afraid of the ghosts. These weren't nice ghosts. These yeah. were these were ghosts of people who had been killed by the Winchester rifle. Yeah, the company that she owned. Yeah, who were who were angry about being killed by something she owned. Mm-hmm. So she was building this house to confuse the spirits so they couldn't get to her. So she built a lot of weird things. There are staircases that go to nowhere, windows that open to other rooms, doorways that open to several story drops, hallways that appear to go nowhere before circling back onto themselves. There are about 161 rooms, including 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, one completed and one unfinished, 47 fireplaces, six kitchens, over 10,000 panes of glass, 2,000 doors, 17 chimneys, two basements, and three elevators. There are skylights covered by a roof, and some skylights are covered by another skylight, and in one place, there is a skylight built into the floor. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. That's bitch tripping. <laughs> a second-story door opens outward to a sheer drop to the ground below. That's a cool prank. Upside-down pillars can be found all over the house. Many visitors have compared its strange design to the work of M.C. Escher. Prime numbers 7, 11, and 13 are repeatedly displayed in various ways throughout the house, the number 13 being the most prominent. This is pretty interesting. Yeah. They constantly show up in the number of windows in many of the rooms, the number of stairs in the staircase, or the number of rails in the railing, or the number of panels in the floor of the walls, or the number of lights in the chandelier, etc. Also, in the seance room... I watched a documentary where there's, like, coat hangers and stuff for people in the seance room, and it's, like, 13 coat hangers, like, 13 seats, stuff like that. It's all 13. that's so crazy. Yeah. There was only one working toilet. One toilet for 161 rooms. That sucks. It has been said that all other restrooms were decoys to confuse spirits to make them wet their pants, (laughs) and that this is also the reason why she slept in a different room every night. Imagine being a ghost, and you're just trying to haunt someone. You're like, I keep going in the wrong. I get lost. I'm trying to find this person to haunt. I also read, though, that she didn't live here full time. Oh. Which I don't know if that's true or not. Because she also owned a houseboat. Yeah, so I read that she spent most of the time on the houseboat and would kind of visit here when she felt like doing her architecture stuff. Huh. I don't know if that's true. She had, like, maids and stuff. She had servants, maids. They lived on, like, they had their own floor. It was a self-sustaining property. Like, architect, there was, um, I think they grew all their own food, did all their own carpentry. Yeah, they had, like, their own sewer system. Yeah, everything. You never had to leave the property if you didn't want to. It's pretty cool. The house was very high tech for the time. There was wool insulation, steam uh, and forest air heating, modern indoor toilets, uh, and plumbing, which apparently were just decoys, push-button gas lights, and Sarah's personal and only hot shower from indoor plumbing, which one is the which was one of the first showers ever made. Yeah, but it she was four foot eleven. Oh right, so, yeah, she was four foot eleven. So the shower would only fit her if you were an a- of average height. You, you wouldn't be able to use it. Yeah, but, have you ever tried to use a shower where it's like too short, like in Europe? Yes. It can get uncomfortable sometimes. Yes. Yeah. But the shower, like, it didn't have an overhead thing. It didn't have overhead water coming out. Right. It was on the sides. Like, there was little holes in the sides of the... Oh, that's kind of neat. And then water would sprinkle. It kind of felt... It looked like a car wash. I'm into that. Yeah. So That's anyway. cool. Anyway. So many of the stained glass windows were created by the Pacific American Decorative Company. Nice. Some were designed specifically for her and others by her, including a spider web window that featured her favorite web design and the repetition of the number 13. And a second window was designed by Tiffany himself. So that when the sunlight strikes the prismatic crystals, a rainbow is cast across the room. That's pretty cool. The window was installed in an interior wall in a room with no light exposure, preventing the effect from being seen. What a waste. She's wild for that one. (laughs) Tiffany himself designs you this like amazing light. She's like, "Eh, just put it in the corner. So there's a lot of spiderweb motifs which carried spiritual significance for her and they occur throughout the house. So there was the San Francisco earthquake in 1906, and she got trapped in her house. That sucks. Yeah. And before the earthquake, the house was seven stories high, and carpenters were brought in initially to repair the damages. 
but today it's only four stories. Hmm. So the house is predominantly made of redwood, as Sarah preferred the wood. However, she disliked the look of it. So she demanded that a faux grain and stain be applied. This is why almost all the wood in the home is covered. Oh, God. And they used approximately 20,000 gallons of paint to paint the house. That's crazy. I just looked up the spiritual significance of the spider web. Ooh, it says, what is it? Spider bestows the power to work magic over people and things. If a web is destroyed, the spider recycles it and weaves it anew. So spider allows the individual to assimilate negative experiences and use them for gain. Spider's oh. appearance can also symbolize one's fear. Okay, that's on brand for yeah. her. So while she was working on the house, she also bought this houseboat in San Francisco. She named it Sarah's Ark because she thought a biblical-sized flood was imminent and she wanted to be prepared. That's so bizarre. I also read that she may have bought it to keep her place in, like, the high society of, like, rich people. So mm. it's, it's debatable on why she bought the houseboat. So then... I don't um, know. I like, this, I like this Sarah's Ark idea. I like Sarah. I love Sarah's Ark. So on September 5th, 1922, she died in her sleep of heart failure. She was buried next to her husband and their infant child in Evergreen Cemetery in New Haven, Connecticut. And all of her possessions, aside from the house itself, were bequeathed to her niece and personal secretary. Her niece then took everything that she wanted and she sold the rest in a private auction. And it supposedly took six trucks working eight hours a day for six weeks to remove all all of the furniture from the home. I didn't even think about the concept of you also have to furnish that home. Yeah, I wonder if she had every single room furnished or That's what was crazy. going on in there. That's also a huge part of the budget. And like Ikea yeah. didn't happen back then. No, you can't you just go, go to Ikea you one trip. Go to Ikea. You, no, gotta, you have to go full, full-fledged money on You got to make furniture back then? Yeah, you'd have to win. Oof. Oh, she probably made the furniture oh, all on the carpenters. Site. Yeah, she probably yeah. made the furniture. Wow. So Sarah made no mention of the mansion in her will, and so the appraisers considered the house worthless due to damage caused by the earthquake and the unfinished design and the impractical nature of its construction. Sure, because who would want (laughs) to buy that? Close-minded people. Yeah. It was sold at auction to a local investor for over $135,000 and subsequently leased for 10 years to John and Mame Brown who eventually purchased the house. So in February 1923, five months after Sarah's death, the house was open to the public, with Mamie Brown serving as the first tour guide. And it's now designated as a historical landmark in California, and it's a tourist attraction. That's crazy. Five months after she died. They were like, have tours. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe they got it for $135,000. Well, that was in 1923. $3.4 million. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I was like, that good for them. Since its construction in 1884, the property and mansion were claimed by many to be haunted by ghosts who were killed by Winchester rifles, and now it's claimed to be haunted by people who worked and lived in the house. Oh, okay. So people who visit the house say that there is a man named Clyde who haunts the grounds, and he can be seen as a ghost pushing a wheelbarrow. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean... They what? say that. Why are you still working, ghost? That's so sad. You that's don't like need purgatory. To yeah, yeah, maybe, he maybe he know loves he's it. Dead. Do How that's do you a good know? question. Do ghosts know they're dead? I I don't. The it depends. I think some of them do, and some of them don't, depending on what lore. Well, you, Clyde doesn't. Apparently. Clyde doesn't know he's dead. Yes, the, some of them think they're just living their lives because they're trapped. This is a good question for our listeners, and we would love for you to call in or email or tweet at us. Do ghosts know they're dead? Because some have the sole purpose of haunting people, you know. Poltergeists. Yeah, like getting revenge, I guess. Do ghosts know they're (laughs) dead? Oh, my God. For some reason, when I put do ghosts, it said do ghosts eat shrimp. Do ghosts know they're dead? Well, that's dead. a good question, yeah, That too. is also a good question. Why do some people become ghosts after they die? I think it's unfinished business. Do you remember mm. Casper? Yeah. Yes. Unfinished business. Of course. Who played Casper again? Isn't he dead? Devin? No. no. Devin Sawa. I think Sawa. Devin Sawa. Was, I think he hung himself. No, he did Allie not. Is, no, she's, she's thinking of Brandon, what's his face, from Ladybug. <laughs> oh, my God, I am. 
Devin Saw is alive and How well. How dare you? Who is the guy from Ladybugs again? Wait, That's is so that sad. is that his name's Gro- Jonathan Brandis? Jonathan Brandis killed himself from the sea sea show. What he was he in Never Ending Story. Sequest. He was in Sidekicks. I remember Sidekicks. You remember Sequest DSV with with um, he wasn't he wasn't that. I don't I don't remember it, but he wasn't. Do you that. guys remember Sidekicks with Chuck Norris? No, no, I do. And he goes, just tell me your name. Or no, maybe he was in the other. He wasn't in that one. No, he but he a, died? He killed himself? He killed himself. Oh, yeah, he committed suicide. Sad. He was in Never Ending Story 2, the next yeah. chapter. Oh, Never Ending Story 2, Return to New York. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Remember no. the Page Master? No. With Macaulay Culkin? Oh, yes. I love the whole Culkin family. <laughs> I saw the cutest picture of Kieran and Macaulay. Macaulay? Macaulay. McCulkey. <laughs> McCulkey. I'm getting back to the episode now. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. People also hear footsteps all around the house. On the third floor is where the servants lived, and that's the place uh, where it's allegedly most haunted. Okay. I found a Reddit <laughs> AMA with a former tour guide. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Um, someone asked, have you ever had a guest get lost? He said, I've had many people try to sneak through the house or get lost on flashlight tours. So at night, they do flashlight tours. Oh. There's actually one coming up on Friday the 13th in oh. March, and you can do like a flashlight tour. Oh, that'd be scary. Someone asked, have you ever seen an apparition? He said, no, I have not, though my uncle, who was after our security, did notice the fourth floor balcony doors swinging open and shut from the wind one night, which is strange considering they can only be closed by a latch from the inside. Oh, that ghost got in. Yeah. It was Clyde. He goes through this pitch black haunted house around 3 a.m. or so, all the way up to the fourth floor, only to find the doors closed and locked by the time he got up there. Uh, So, full disclosure, is it really haunted? Let's just say yes. The servants' quarters, the third floor, is the scariest place in the house. Many guides have heard footsteps following them on this floor when they are completely by themselves. This happened to me just once, and I was not expecting it. Uh, someone else asks, what's the scariest thing you've heard happen there, and what is the scariest thing you've actually seen there? To me, what I just described with the footsteps uh, on the third floor, but I'd probably say one creepy thing was when a few tour guides slash supervisors I know were walking the house, unscrewing light bulbs and locking doors, which is a nightly routine. Unscrewing light bulbs. It hmm. seems like an unnecessary routine. And when they unscrew the specific story 
telling Worth Lightbulb it stays on for another five minutes. What? Yeah. So literally, my boss was walking around holding a still-lit bulb. What? That's crazy. But is that like a thing that happens? Google it. Yeah, if you're a robot. On after unscrewed. If you get struck by lightning and you're holding a, a light bulb, does it light up? Probably. Can't you put a light bulb? I'm not going to say it because it's up. Why say up your butt or something? No, like a, can you put in like an apple or something? Yeah, you can. I think a potato. A potato. A potato, and then you hook up. Mm, I don't see anything that this is something. Well, it was. A, it's a phantom light bulb. So that's pretty creepy. Also, okay, so I watched I watched something this morning called Ghost Brothers, <laughs> which is like my new favorite show of all time. <laughs> it's similar to Ghost Adventures, but a thousand times better. And at one point they get they're in the basement of the Winchester Mystery House and the door slams shut and they get locked in. Oh no. Who knows if this stuff is real or not? And then they hear a ghost saying, Poltergeist. Oh, Maria, <laughs> what? I agreed. I just I nodded. I mm. uh, I blinked. I nodded, and I said, mm. "I hate you guys." No, but here's the thing. It's like if that was now some ghost shows. I think may, here. Can I tell you what happened one Halloween? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Can you? Yeah. Please take us back. <laughs> I was watching Ghost Hunters okay. on. You know they do those marathons. Yeah. Yes. Ghost Hunters is like those. You know that family of Ghost Hunters or whatever. Yes. I was watching a marathon, and then all of a sudden, this guy had his jacket pulled backward, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, my God, it's a ghost. And like, I saw clear as day as it happened that there was a string tied to his jacket. <laughs> really? And I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, that's crazy. That, that, that That's that obvious. And they were like, I, I don't believe those ghost shows much anymore. It really... Um, my faith kind of died That's that day. I'm so sorry. That must have yeah. been hard. For it was you. like I saw the string. Yeah. I you saw, saw the, the yeah. yeah. I saw the string. And I'm just saying, like maybe they did whisper poltergeist, but also they probably didn't. I used to love that show. I can't, was it on MTV? Maybe where they would have to stay the night in these oh old places. Oh my god! Places? Yeah, what was that called? And they'd wear those those cameras yes. that were connected. Oh, to I don't themselves. remember that. That show was really was good. good. And they had like celebrities on to do. People a- would freak. What was it called? Out. It was. It was really good. Sc- like scared. scared? Was it, it was TV. Called? It sounds like a fear. Fear. Oh my god, fear was so good. That was so crazy because it. I would never do that. I would never go by myself at nighttime into a haunted place. I don't like being no. home alone at night. Yeah, I don't. Like I hear it. things. There's a whole thread on Reddit about the show being fake, and people talk about what they saw that. People are like, I saw a smoke machine at the back. Like, I saw a motorized thing that opened and closes doors. Well, they should. I mean, that's crazy. Here we go. Ghost Hunters Halloween hoax. Oh. Oh, they've taken it down. Ghost Uh Hunters has taken down the video. Stop it. Yeah, jacket pulled. (gasps) Yes. Here, come watch you guys. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. And this was all, like, live. See? Watch the right hand. Oh. When I saw that, it looked so fake to me. So he's pulling. Yeah, he's, he's pulling, pulling his, something in his pocket to make it move. Oh, and then now they're checking it, being like, oh. whatever. When I saw that, I was like, You're done. I'm done. Done. Wow, that was riveting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Sarah. So, oh, she also had a relative. This guy named Enoch H. Pardee, who was a big occultist. Oh, that's pretty cool. He was part of the Bohemian Club, which, like, President Roosevelt was also a part of, and the Knights Templar Freemasons. They talk about the Knights Templar in my favorite movie. Which one? Uh, Gremlins 2? No. (laughs) National Treasure. Oh! Hey, girl. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I added a really important thing to this doc in which I talk about how the movie Winchester starring Helen Mirren is really bad. I didn't watch it because I I read an an interview with Helen Mirren about it. Bad, 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 bad. Have you seen it, Maria? I haven't seen it, but if it's Dame Helen Mirren, I can't imagine it's 
It's too bad. It's so bad, guys. Really? It got 13% on Rotten guys, Tomatoes. Oh my God, I'm kidding. How it's does that bad, happen? Guys. It came out, oh, 2018. Yeah, it's a recent movie. Oh, no. Well, what's so it bad about it? It made $46 million at the box office. Horror movies make bank. Yeah. And you put Helen Mirren in anything, and it's a horror, you'll, you'll see results. Damn. It's just like... It's not true to the story, really. Oh. It's really, really hokey horror oh. stuff. Heroin plays a big part in it. Heroin does? It's hard to yes. do a big oh. budget Hollywood horror movie. It yeah. is, except those Conjuring Insidious movies. Well, all of them. I mean, I've only seen the first Conjuring. That's really good. All the, ins- all the Insidious movies are so good. Oh, I I've haven't seen, seen the them. first oh. Insidious. That Insidious is crazy because it's like haunting it's like haunting on steroids yeah it's, like, it's so it's good. like a and then you know you know but i love a horror movie that's more sixth sensey me too i love a uh you like a, cere- psych- a cerebral horror thriller. yeah a cerebral horror or a horror <laughs> a cerebral <laughs> horror or a psychological thriller like the gift with julianne moore no <laughs> <laughs> wait what's that jason Bateman. no you're thinking of the box no, but the box the is Cameron Diaz. I saw the box in theaters. <laughs> you did? Yes, it was what? horrible. It's where it's like, if you can <laughs> Have press Have you ever a seen the game? Yes, I just watched the game recently. <laughs> oh my God, really? I watched it I recently too. I just watched too. the game recently. Well, it's on Weird. Netflix. It's on Netflix and it just cries out for uh, it does. our demographic. But oh, hold on, what was Joel the Edgerton. gift? Okay, yeah, I saw the gift. It was yes. like a throwback to like 90s. Yeah, thriller. but even that, I mean, I liked it, but I'm just saying I, I, didn't I, love I, that I like one. something okay, where I fine, can just get fine. into the human. Jesus. I can get into the human, like Sixth Sense, you know, where it's about a family. You want like an emotional arc, a yeah, human story. I want Tony yeah. Collette. You I want, want like, Tony Collette. Oh, you, I love you, Tony Collette. You need Tony Collette. Oh, she's the, I want to be her. Yeah. Tony to let, Tony to let me be her. <laughs> Tony to let me be her. Oh, oh Pac-Wazzy, no. like Tony. Okay, but then what's the one with Julianne Moore? <laughs> I think that's also called Boogie Nights? The Gift. No, Julianne Moore, The Gift. Okay, so I'm thinking... She was also in a movie called like Seven Souls or something. She's hours. done a few bad horror movies. Off the top of your head, name a movie at Blockbuster you always walked by and never rented. Go. Well, I wasn't allowed to watch Boogie Nights, so Boogie Nights for me. You would walk by it? I never remember seeing Boogie Nights in Blockbuster. I'll tell you what I saw. This is like really stressful. <laughs> I have what so many in my head that out? I just like remember so vividly. Really? Tomcats, Swordfish. <laughs> swordfish, yes. The Blockbuster in the Palace. Swordfish. I know it was right. I remember they were all I still go to the doctor's office in that co- little really? complex. Yeah. My doctor my doctor was right across the way by the um fruit juice place or whatever. Anyway, th- when you walked into the Blockbuster in the Palisades, it was all new releases around the perimeter <laughs> and it was all in alphabetical order and yeah. then in the middle, I'm sure this was every Blockbuster, but in the middle were all the old releases. Yeah, Tomcats was all the way to the right-hand side. What's Tomcats? Tom it's with um Jerry O'Connell, I'm not sure. I never uh, October not October oh, Road Re- October Road was another one October Road Jake Busey <laughs> what is Jake Busey related to Gary Busey yeah it's a yeah. son wow they certainly look alike speaking of sons John C. Riley's son oh my, even my mom sent me an article that she saw why is he in the news because he's hot. Because he's hot. Is he single, ladies? No, he has a he's model really, girlfriend. He's, did you look at his Instagram? Mm-mm. He's like a didn't really I cool... did send this yes. to the group chat? Yeah, I, wow. saw picture, I saw the pictures, but I didn't go on his Instagram. He's like an amazing art. He's like so creative. Really? Yeah, he's super cool. Why? What makes him so cool? He's just really creative. Like all his he's weird... He's just really cool. He does these funny photoshops and is like... Yeah, we anyone really cool can do style. that. What's the problem? <sighs> what makes him so cool? His dad's John C. Riley. Well, yes, guess what? Yes, that helps. I'm cool too. I do funny things too. <laughs> okay. I love John C. Riley. John C. Riley Me and Mr. Too. Cellophane in Chicago is beautiful acting. And and I think Steve Brule is my favorite. Oh, John yeah. C. Riley so good. Role. So who's his mom? 
Allison Dickey. Her name is Allison. Her name is Allison. Okay. Okay. You didn't see the article. It was called The Internet is Freaking Out About John C. Riley's Gorgeous Model Singer Son. I think that's what <laughs> yeah. my mom sent me. I think she, it was on like Apple News. And he she's is down. so good looking. He's so good looking. He doesn't really look like John C. I mean, they have the same eyes-ish. Yeah, something. Wow. Yeah, he looks like um an angel or something. He does look like an he angel. He looks otherworldly a little bit. Maybe like a vampire. He mm. does look like a vampire. Yeah, do, and he wears contacts. Him, don't let him in the house. One contact that Bono's makes one of his cute, eyes blue. Huh? Bono's Bono cute, of you huh? too? Yeah, you guys don't think Bono's cute? <laughs> no. Wait, like a young Bono? Just, you guys don't think... Oh, young Bono is hot. Hell yeah. No, what I think Maria thinking? thinks old Bono's hot. I think they're all hot. <laughs> Damn, young Bono. No. Yeah, Bono's hot. Wow. Oh, wow. Young Bono Have is you hot. Have you seen young yeah, Bono? You guys are... I've never seen young Bono. Have you seen his um, Damn. The Sweetest Thing music video where, let me guys, let me break this down for you guys. I so, haven't seen it. <laughs> when Bono was making Joshua Tree, the the album, he, Great missed, album. he missed his wife's birthday. And okay. they had been together oh. since like high school, right? And she's like his high school sweetheart whatever he missed her birthday and she was like that's it this is the last straw you don't appreciate this relationship or whatever and so what he did was he wrote the song the sweetest thing about her and then and the music video that they did is a huge apology to her and it's all like her favorite things it's them riding in like this carriage and all her favorite things are like happening around really it's really a gorgeous piece of history and yeah he's hot as hell bono Hot Great album. Hell. That had I still haven't found what I'm looking My for. My love, oh, she so throws good. me like a rubber ball. Oh, the sweetest thing. Man, you two Baby is great. got blue skies up ahead, but in this summer rain cloud, you know she, she likes a drag kind of love. <laughs> oh, the sweetest thing. Sunday, um. bloody Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it. That's, That's how it, it goes. That's how it ends. Billy Manilow and McCulkey. Billy Manilow, McCulkey, Culkin. McCulkey, just one that name. Sounds, that sounds so cute, though. McCulkey. McCulkey, Culkin. McCulkey. Okay, so let's do some theories yeah. about uh, why she did this. Why she did this and what her deal was. First, obviously, the ghosts. Obviously, the ghosts. Yeah, they could have been tormenting her. Yes. And she believed that she needed to do this. Yeah, I mean, a spiritualist told her that. The only thing, though, is in the 1800s was the dawn of the spiritualist movement. A lot of it was just like charlatans and con men and women and like hoaxes just trying to make money off people and like capitalize off all that stuff. Uh So it could have just been someone just saying something and then Sarah ran with it. Yeah. Or maybe there she was literally seeing ghosts and tr- or feeling ghosts and trying to, you know. Yeah. Another thing that I saw was Francis Bacon. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, another theory is that the design that Sarah made was a puzzle full of encryptions inspired by the work of English philosopher Francis Bacon. Mm-hmm. There is some speculation that the clues uh, lead to some sort of like hidden message hidden in the ballroom, the Shakespeare windows and the iron gates. This theory suggests that Sarah was a member of the mystical society, the Rosicrucians, which we talked about, mm-hmm. or secret society like the Freemasons, or maybe both. So yeah. maybe there's clue, kind of like the Denver airport. Maybe there's clues hidden all around yeah. the Winchester Mystery House. I bet there are. Yeah, we because need to- she like spent all that time to put. I swear to God, the- I save that to my desktop. No, way. yes. Is that who's that Bono? Yeah, Bono, hot as hell. I I I googled young Bono, and that's the picture I saved to my desktop. (laughs) Have you seen his wife? No, No. Bono's wife, hot as hell. I'm going to send you a picture right now. (laughs) My ex's brother is in a YouTube tribute band. Oh, really? Wow. But the singer's not as hot as Bono. Damn. They're called. They're called to you. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, wow. She's really oh, cute. Wow. And they've been together since they were like kids. That's so tight. Come on. Why Damn. does he wear the glasses all the time? Because now, he's though? got an he's eye blind. thing. His eyes are sensitive. He's oh, got really? like some eye disease. Oh. Okay. So Bono, hot as hell. Eye disease. <laughs> <laughs> he reveals he suffered glaucoma for years, and that's oh. why he wears. <laughs> 
dark sunglasses. He should say that to people. Why? He just looks cool. No, because I think part of the reason I don't like you too is because I think his sunglasses are weird. Mm. You think he's wearing them to be cool? Yeah. I did. I thought he was wearing them to be cool too. Now he, I have a whole. Now I have a whole new so perspective judging. on yeah. you too. Whole new perspective. Glaucoma can make the eyes more sensitive to light, causing sufferers to use dark glasses to alleviate difficulties. So, like you guys were judging him, and he was just trying to be able to get through life. Yeah. Both what about the edge? Was the edge hot as hell as a kid? No, I don't think the edge is hot as hot the as edge. hell. Young. Let's see. I, the edge is too. The the, eh, the edge. No. The edge has you know something, but he, but yeah. but he doesn't, doesn't have, have that Bono. He's ha- je ne sais quoi. Yeah. He's kind of. There's this one picture that he looks okay. I would have dated him for sure. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Six to six, six so far. Six to six to. Sunday, bloody Sunday. <laughs> if anything, this is, has become an episode about you too. It's the Winchester House slash you too. Well, it's like the podcast. We keep going down different paths that lead to nowhere. Uh, yeah, this is this yes, is- and much like the Winchester House. Exactly. This is the Winchester Mystery House is a metaphor um, for our yeah, podcast. It is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow, that's. I just got chills. Me too. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. Everything sort of just. I makes think sense I just now. saw a ghost by the door. Really? You probably did. It was like Clyde with the wheelbarrow. I don't know. I swear to God, I looked over there and I thought I saw something for a second. So crazy. another theory <laughs> for Sarah is that she was just straight up crazy. I mean, it's definitely possible. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. And then another theory is that she wanted to test out her architectural skills. Everyone needs a hobby. Which I kind of think that's why she did it because she was a child prodigy. Oh. And right. she had like this high tech house, like all the elevators and like everything. And so she's very smart. She's like, well, I want to try this out. Yes. So, and I have the money to do it. So why not take a stab at it? If you have all that money, like yeah. what is there left to do? Yeah. I mean, she could have given it to charity, but she has no living kids. Nope. She probably doesn't have a lot of friends. Yeah. What else is she going to do? She probably, I, it doesn't seem like she likes clothes that much. No. I don't know but what fashion was. There was no Zara back in like There's no you know, Zara. 1910. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah. Well, we'd love to know what you think. Yeah. If, have you been there? Yeah. So, we, and think? we want to schedule a trip to there. Yeah. Yeah. We reached out to Winchester being like, can we interview someone from there? They were like, no, but here's a press kit. And then we're just going to open it. But then there's all these files and we don't care. It's probably a lot of so what good. we just, found on the Yeah. Internet. Just go to another podcast if you want to see what the press <laughs> kit is about. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a follow-up Figure episode where we yourself. actually read the press kit. But it's probably just like says what's on the menu of mm-hmm. if there's a deli there Ooh, th- I, Ooh. now i want to open that i know i just i know <laughs> i shouldn't have said that like do you think that they have donuts oh. yeah i bet that there's some sort of like winchester donut yeah Ooh. or something like native to san jose like a, a donut. Uh, yeah or like split pea soup because oh, there's yeah, that place yeah. near there oh. yeah oh man and what's it go. what's in that press kit <laughs> oh, my God. um okay so some questions we had in this episode that we would love answers to are do ghosts know they're ghosts do ghosts know they're alive or dead oh, yeah do ghosts know so they're, they're dead i think they definitely don't know they're dead we're asking everyone else oh, okay <laughs> okay. Do ghosts know do, they're dead? Yeah. Do you think young Bono is hot? Is young Bono hot? He's just Bono hot. He hasn't changed that much. Do you, okay, do you think young Bono's hot? Do you think old Bono's hot? Or is Bono in general hot? And it's not just hot, it's hot as hell. Hot, hot as, as hell. hell. Excuse me, excuse me, yes. And if you've been to the Winchester Mystery House, uh, let us know what it's all about. Melissa, where can people re- reach us? You guys should email us. You guys. You guys at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Send us your weird stories. Send us anything. We've been getting some weird emails lately. Oh, who is this? Who the hell do you think that is? Oh, is that hot as hell young Bono? Well, that's older. How old is Bono? He's like a 35. Yeah, that's maybe a 35-year-old Bono. This says hot and sweaty, sexy Bono. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bono porn. Yeah, Bono porn. Bono porn. So you guys can email us, webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Your own Bono porn. Yes. We're at marialovesbono at gmail.com. Who, maybe you guys send in who you think is hot as hell. Yeah, who do you, what? It, it, it's, it better only be pictures of us. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bono's hot as hell. Oh, this is cute. Who Bono's hot as hell. Is so Hayden that... Christensen Bono hot as hell. Oh, yes. So, Hayden Christensen in Life is a House. Yes. Yeah, someone like who is one. hot as hell. Someone who we wouldn't think is hot as hell. We want to be surprised at who it was hot as hell when they were young. Yeah. Also, send in your, your nudes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Melissa. Also, send in your favorite cerebral horror movies. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. What are your favorite cerebral horror movies? And then maybe right. maybe for Patreon episodes, we'll watch them and then discuss what we oh, think. Oh, yeah. That would just be a delight. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at webcrawlerspod. Send us whatever you want send us dms <laughs> all right all well right. thank you for bearing with this episode we had so much fun today i'm ali siegel i'm melissa stettin and i still <laughs> have found what i'm looking for <laughs> the end Powered by ACAS. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.